So, um, episode two of the podcast. Um, I've written loads in a, a diary, um, as usual, just to kind of um, do some notes with regards to sort of what I want to talk about. But um, just like me, I'm without it, but I am actually in the meadow uh, where I recorded my first podcast. Equally as windy, but no panting dogs next to me. Um, and it just occurred to me recently that um, although we're st- I'm still in lockdown, I'm still on, um, what do you call it, self-preserving myself in my house, um, that mental health is becoming a big issue. Um, not only for myself, but for, for many, many, many people around me. Um, and I almost forget that I did a counselling qualification and uh, readily find myself sort of talking to people about, you know, looking at what's gone on in the past and giving it a nod and acknowledging it, but also, um, you know, building a bit of a t- toolbox to prepare, to enable us to sort of help to cope with, you know, what we do um, going forward when when situations present themselves and uh, we're not quite sure how to cope emotionally or physically or financially or or whatever. Um, Rupert, sorry, call my dog. Um, and um, yeah, I just uh, I just realised that really I should start looking at that a little bit and um, maybe updating my LinkedIn and uh, maybe thinking about life coaching. I don't know. It sounds a bit. someone's name might pop up on a phone where they feel quite anxious and um, my real tip there is to you know they're going to dissolve and sort of fall apart and lay down and cry and stuff but to really look at where your strengths lie so one one of the people um, is an engineer um, and he's absolutely superb at fixing things so I kind of put it to him that okay so this number goes this person rings this number comes up on the phone you feel awful you want to get into duvet um, they're going to cry on the um, but what would you do if you had a problem with a car you know the car was broken how would you fix it it's a problem um, how are you going to look at it so he said well you know, I'd, I'd sort of analyse what the problem was um, you know start at the front of the car work the way through the car look at how much that might cost um, you know run myself with a private check methodically um, without dissolving on the pavement so you know I sort of put it to him that you know perhaps any time an issue arises that he looks at it like he's fixing a car you know just looks at the facts because actually one thing we, we're not very good at realising um, I had to pay for a, a degree in, in a college course um, for a council qualification to understand this myself but Emotions aren't fixed, they're not real. I know they are real, you do feel them, obviously, but they don't they don't last, you know, they pass. Um, so they're not they're not real, um, and they do pass, so you might be feeling sad one day, but you know, a few hours later, a bit of a dog walk or passing on a chin wag of a friend, 
um, and that moment's gone and you feel differently um, whereas the actual actions um, the actual events the facts that happen there they're real and that's what we deal with um, so when we break it down like that and take the emotion out of it because you know let's face it emotion is the it's a key driver here to uh, a lot of you know how we behave and make decisions um, is the real sort of driver for, for you know what causes us the distress in the first place so you know that would be well that is a, you know, a massive um, tip for dealing with hard situations um, and I have a, I have a mentor um, called Parminder um, he's going to hate me for saying that because he's very humble um, Sikh man who um, doesn't like to be acknowledged um, or thanked in any way for being so amazing and uh, he gave me a piece of advice that just resonates with me it just sticks with me and that is you can't hold water you know you have to let it flow um, so no matter what's going on it's you know you, you just gotta let it go um, and that's one of the main things I hold dear whenever I'm struggling with a situation or I can't quite manage or I'm trying to hold on to something I'm wondering why I can't control a certain situation. Um, you know, I just think let's let it go um, and you know let it flow because our energy goes through water, and um, I believe. And um, you just got you got to let it flow, man. So you know, just uh, let it flow. So. The pan boiling over. This is quite often terrifying. Um, totally amazing for everyone else, obviously. Um, but it doesn't help to get their point across. Instead, it encourages other people to dismiss their ranting. It's, it's hysterical. I think we've all been there. Um, or seen someone accused of that, particularly us women. Um, we see it in sportswomen a lot. Serena Williams um, did a, uh, I can't remember, like a, a, a ditty on, um, you know, women losing their temper. So, you know, not compared to McEnroe. Um... It's like people have complete red mist and uh, using swear words and they don't feel like they're going completely mad. Um, but is that justified? Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, often people are like, you know, not recognising who they are and they get really, really angry, but it kind of all boils over and it's like, you know, it could be someone someone I, I spoke to recently was, you know, their partner been cheating on for years but always maintained that all signs and signals of his affair were her imagination. I've been there. Um, he also managed to persuade her that she was a bit neurotic and that maybe she should see a psychiatrist. <laughs> Sounds familiar? Because she was obviously paranoid. Um, and finally, um, she caught him in bed with another woman and she flew into a wild rage. Um, so, yeah, she was angry and she had a right to be so. Um, but it didn't actually help her cause at all to be swamped with this aggression in that way. Um, it upset her a great deal. Um, it did nothing to sort out the situation except... <laughs> give her a fellow and he misses a bit of a shock um but obviously she wanted to get that sorted out um so i guess we can move on to uh passive anger so i guess we all um get angry from time to time but uh well yeah obviously we do but we can be much more effective in a way of making a point of how we deal with it or with our grievance assertively um long before we get to the aggressive stage and in my role, role, we always try to look to solve things informally. Um, so that's kind of getting to know what the triggers are and, uh, or understanding your team or, uh, you know, 
so you don't ever get to that stage but sometimes individuals are poor well generally stem from, I would say stemming from poor self-esteem don't have necessary skills to do that um, and I think I'd like to talk about self-esteem going forward because it's affected me and my children and not many many people affect us all at some time in our lives but um so what tends to happen is that when they start you know someone starts to get angry they go into a routine to show their anger rather than express it calmly like sighing heavily refusing to meet anyone's eyes drumming their fingers on the table uh, banging on the house or office <laughs> banging doors tidying things very noisily oh we've all been there <laughs> and if asked um if something's wrong they don't answer they grin or they say nothing or i'm fine uh sound familiar um this is passive anger. Frankly, the way we behave when we are passively angry just makes us appear rather silly and no one responds very well to it. Um, I deal with these people on a, on a daily basis. Uh, um, but so one of my clients um, whose widowed mother dropped down to her home too much. Uh, one day her mum rang her. I'll call her. I'll call her. Uh, what should we call her? Jerry. Um, she was at work and said, oh, I'll pop round this evening and have a drink and gossip with you. So Jerry sighed heavy down the phone. She started drumming her things on the desk, which was a wasted gesture as her mum couldn't see or hear it. Um, and her mum asked, anything wrong? She's like, no. Oh, mum says, I thought you sounded a bit fed up. So this was a cue for Jerry to say, sorry, mum, please don't come around tonight. I've got other plans. But of course, no, her mum was not going to pick up on that unless it was said very firmly because she was lonely. And that's the easiest way for her to while away an evening with her daughter. So Jerry listened to her mum saying, I thought you sounded a bit fed up. And instead of coming out of the truth, she replied, oh, it's nothing. I think my work's getting me down. So mum then said, oh, well, in that case, I'll cook your meal when I come round, shall I? And then Jerry moaned, um, but she said nothing, hoping that somehow the situation would just go away. And this just made her more angry. Um, so um, I guess the question is, is, you know, how, why is it that she can't communicate that with her mum? So, um, yeah, we'll get back to Jerry. So, um, it, we then got, you know, this going on to the, <coughs> the situation not going away for poor Jerry. So we looked at, we look at, you know, following from aggressive, aggressive anger, um, not making your point assertively, you're likely to go into a passive anger phase, just like Jerry did. If no one picks up on your signals um, during this phase, you will progress to the next day, which is aggressive anger. Um, and that's exactly what happened to Jerry. Um, by the time her mum turned up at the house that night, armed groceries, Jerry had worked herself into a right old laugh and could barely be civil to her. After they bumped into stuff in the small kitchen a couple of times, Jerry was so angry that she lost her temper with her mum. And, you know, told her she was living her life through her... She storms, you don't let me have any time to myself. You never seem to think I might want to see my friends. All I wanted was a quiet night, but you wouldn't let me have it. You're selfish, you don't notice what I'm trying to hint that I would do some peace and quiet. You're making me sick. So not surprisingly, her mum was um, swept up with things and left, banged the door behind her. I didn't speak for over three weeks, during which time they're both miserable. And if Joey had the skills to be assertive in the first place, none of this would have happened. Um, so, you know, I often get accused of being direct or... Um, I'll have a call of my Facebook if um, you know people aren't contributing to my livelihood, or it's you know, um, and I don't, I kind of, you know, I don't make any apologies for that. Um, you're being direct and sort of saying what you mean in the first place, but you know, putting it, you know, calmly but firmly. It, people prefer prefer the honesty. I feel um, so. I think assertively best, um, you know, 
feel free to challenge me. So, you know, don't be a Jerry. Um, if you don't want to act, you don't intend to act like she does, you know, try to find your voice. Be calm, be pleasant, be firm. Say, Mum, I'd rather you didn't come over, not tonight, you know. I need some hours on my own to get some chores done. Can I find you tomorrow and fix another day, you know. Um, um, and you can see that by speaking out early, you can avoid a lot of pain. There's a skill to this and it will get better with practice, but you have to try to remember to make the point earlier rather than later. You have the right to say no. You know, take a deep breath before you make your point. Uh, lower the volume of your voice and the pitch of it. What helps me on the phone if I'm dealing with someone who's quite, you know, awful, um, or I know I'm going to make an awful situation? I um, I tend to try and smile, like physically smile. Um, but yeah, lowering the volume of your voice and the pitch of it. Um, you can do that by thinking of your voice as a long purple velvet ribbon that flows gracefully down out of your mouth. Um, <laughs> Or as you speak, imagine your voice following the downward curve of that richly coloured velvet. Think low pitch, think firm, think clear, think low volume. Um, this is so important, particularly if you're female, because it's common for people who don't want to hear what a woman has to say. It's to accuse of being shrill or hysterical. Um, it's nearly always men who do this, but some women do do it too. Um, so if you do become loud or too high pitched, this will play into the hands of such individuals. So practice being assertive, not aggressive, and keep your voice low in pitch and low in volume. This does not mean inaudible. Uh, when you do, you'll notice that people take you much more seriously. Um, you definitely sound more assertive if you start your sentence with the word I. Um, controversial, I know, but if you want to make a point assertively, you should make liberal use of the word I. So you'll say, um, I don't know, something like... Uh, I'd rather you didn't come round tonight. I need a few hours on my own. I will phone you tomorrow. This is quite an important technique because when we start to get angry, we often use the word commonly, um, like you, as in, you're living my life from here. You don't let me have my own time to myself. You're selfish. You make me sick. Um, and, uh, you know, these statements beginning with you are not likely to achieve your aims with someone feeling angry or put down. They sound aggressive and accusatory. On the whole, individuals on the receiving end of this kind of treatment won't like it. In fact, they'll almost certainly get angry themselves and you won't achieve what you want. Um, so, you know, speak early, speak calm, keep your voice low in volume and pitch and make the point of using the word I. We're not talking about T, we're talking about I. Um, but, you know, sometimes a good well cleans the air. Uh, you know, um, it certainly does. But, you know, having been there and done that, I would not subscribe to that view that a good rail clears the air. For many people, um, aggressive behaviour is upsetting. And when we go into that kind of state, we often dredge up things that we um, didn't mean. Worse still, we frequently come out of things that are much better left. I think when we're, you know, calmly assertive as opposed to aggressively angry, we can make a point about being destructive, um, without taking out the other person, like demolishing them their views without bringing stuff which is totally irrelevant into the situation how many times we you know held stuff and we've been angry with someone and then something completely different um topples you and everything else comes out um so you know having a good row you know for me is not about clearing the i've been there done that um and you know it's never really ended really well or made me feel any better about the situation, it's been quite damaging. Um, so I guess um, we could talk about 
giving and taking criticism, but the whole area of criticism is especially difficult for people who have poor self-esteem. So I actually know people who have refused to go for a promotion because a new job would involve them in having to be a boss, having to deal with you know, men and women on their own um, age, and therefore from time to time having to criticise them. Uh, feedback. Now, I am not saying that everybody should be ambitious or that um, you're a failure. I'll just put my hood up because I'm cold. If you don't seek promotion, um, there are always going to be individuals who decide they want a quieter life than um, being the boss. Oh, God, hang on a second, I've got to sort my hood out. Sorry about that little pause. Um, yeah, so, you know, being in control, being a boss, I means sometimes you, have to, you do have to feed back to people and it does involve, you know, a you know, criticism, perhaps. Um, so, yeah, but I'm not saying that everyone should be ambitious or that um, you're failing if you don't seek promotion because ultimately, you know, you just need to be happy. But there's always going to be individuals who have decided they want a quieter life than um, the boss might have. Um, and they want plenty of time for leisure, you know, friends, family. And they're all perfectly valid reasons for not seeking out um, career advancement. But um, if you feel you can't apply for a better job simply because... You'd be terrified of having to tell people what to do or having to, I don't like the word reprimand, but, you know, reprimand on one occasion, if it demanded it, then that's a pretty balmy reason for holding yourself back because you can learn how to handle people um, and you can certainly learn how to give constructive criticism. Um, But in a nutshell... It's the art of good and fair criticism. And to use the assertive skills already outlined, outlined, you know, as we've been talking about. Speaking using low, you know, pitch, low volume, speaking calmly and using statements, using the word I. Um, I guess it helps if you... How to wear that, you know, prefer, preface any criticism by offering some praise first. You might say... Uh, you know, Derek, I think you did a marvellous job on last week's report, but I don't feel this one is up to standard. I'd like you to have another go at it, please. Um, um, and he might not be best pleased, but he's certainly not going to feel too hard done by it, and he probably accepts that feedback is, is particularly fair. Um, so things won't go so well if you scream at him in a shrill voice, Derek, you're a lazy such and such, you're a liability, you look a mess. Your stuff is never on time. You're never any good. Do this again and do it right this time. Um, you know, very autocratic. Um, that kind of treatment is exceptionally alienating. Um, you're not going to get far. Um, and after that, Derek is almost certainly not going to regard you as a bottom hill. Um, certainly no leader. Um, so, you know, it's... Uh, what am I trying to say? It's... Um, yeah, you've alienated him. Um, he's going to think you're the boss from hell. Um, and he may well, you know, gather other people to his point of view and do everything he can to make your life difficult. But, you know, that's the world you're going to make for your own back. And, you know, you learn this through um, practice. Um, but giving criticism isn't easy in relationships or friendships either. But if you follow the same rules uh, that we've been talking about, it does seem less difficult. Um... You know, it's <laughs> touchy subject, but your partner's not performing well in bed. You might 
gently say, oh, you know, I love it when you take your time and you shake me gently there, as opposed to saying, oh, one day getting mad and saying, bloody hell, you're hopeless, this is vanilla, do you know anything about lovemaking? Uh, I cannot confirm or deny if those words have ever come out of my mouth, but... Um, or if you've got, you know, a housemate, flatmate who likes and wants to keep it, never does their chores, and I've this, I've certainly been here. Um, you'll certainly get much further further you tackle the problem. Certainly, for example, Claire, I need to talk to you. Everyone in this house has to do this, share the chores. I know it's boring, but it's a fact of life. I wonder if we could agree today on a bit of extra help. Um, you could take the food shopping, for example. Um, and in my particular case, I did have two flatmates called Claire and Miriana. Um, Miriana the mad. Um, fucking washing machine. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, two very socially active people. But one of my friends uh, was supposed to wash up and she didn't. And it just went on and on, dirty baths and all the rest of it. But um, it just got to the point where the other two were, wouldn't say a thing. And I ended up just taking up the washing up, putting it onto the bed. She came in and we'd done it, and that all kicked off. But you know, she did get the point. But uh, I didn't feel that great, and, and, and it still bothers me today that I dealt with that situation that way. But hey ho, I learned. Um, but if we do nothing, just keep hoping the problem's going to go away, we're going to end up doing all the chores ourselves and hating ourselves because yet again, not allowing someone to use as a doormat. Um, and you know, that's not that's not on. Um, so, <laughs> but. What about receiving criticism? Um, how do I receive criticism? Yeah, it can be painful. Um, but again, it's how it's shaped, isn't it? Um, and I think, you know, I've equipped myself with skills. You know, I haven't got to where I've got to today without taking a hell of a lot of criticism. Um, receiving falls on parade for my, my shitty shoes and... Um, you know, not doing a presentation right and being told that I'll never amount to much because of my dull down my Essex accent and um, all sorts, all sorts, the Essex attachment, um, you know. So it's, it's been, you know, it's been, a, it's been quite an eye-opener. But I think um, when someone criticises you, you just don't interrupt, you just listen. That, that's how I've um, learned to deal with it. Um, so, I mean, if we inter- interrupt, we sound immediately rattled. Uh, we sound as if we're trying to justify ourselves against all the odds. and start over-explaining, getting more high-pitched and hysterical. You know, we're back there again. Um, and it just, you know, it just makes the process so much longer. So, I think if someone is to criticise you, you know, and you bite back any response, just listen carefully. Um, and when they finish, think for a moment before you speak. Um and offer reply if there is any basis in the criticism or the feedback they're not the word criticism but um, you know accept it and apologise you know you know you're always late for work blah blah blah, blah. why is this da, da, da. actually yeah I am and um, you know what can you do to help me to do that because uh, you know I've only just turned 17 I'm used to getting up to go to work later what, what you know have you got any advice for me um, and then put your side of the your argument um to any part of the criticism that you don't agree with and you or you know to be untrue unreasonable or unfair um, and in fact the person doing the um, feedback for bringing the subject into the open I'll give you the chance to explain your side of the story um, and if there's no truth in in the feedback criticism say you know I'm sorry but there's no truth in that whatsoever um, if you you know if you firmly don't believe it um, but mature 
assertive people know that to uh, is human. So they accept that we, you know, we ex- we, we must accept that we make mistakes. Um, blimey, I'm 44. I'm still blame making them. Um, and you know, it's important to be able to accept blame when it's justified, and to be able to apologise um, and stay calm and explain that some criticism is unjust. I remember to just be calm, be quiet, firmly spoken. You know, keep to the point. Um, but use statements beginning with I. And don't try to be hard on yourself whenever you're to blame. We learn from our mistakes far more than we learn from things that we already did right. Um, this is how we, you know, this is how we grow. This is how we, um, you know, reach success. Um, but just because you might be wrong about something, it doesn't mean you're hopeless, unlovable, stupid, or bad. And you know, you know, we've got the right to be wrong. We don't, we don't have to have all the answers. Um, you know, and, and, and being able to say that to yourself and accept that is, you know, it's quite a big shift um, in just taking, taking the blame. Just, I suppose it's all about practice, really. But I guess if you wanted to be a, I don't know. Uh, Pianist, you're gonna to have to practice. Um, you've got to run, you've got to practice. You know, if you want to learn to tap dance, you've got to practice. Uh, Seeing, you've got to practice. Practice makes perfect, and we do it again and again and again. Um, and if you want to be, you know, assertive, um, you've got to practice until these skills become second nature to you. Um, and I guess I grew up around a lot of, you know, lads, you know, um, sort of quite streetwise, and had to look after myself. Uh, um, parents being up young, looking after my brothers and dealing with bullying. You know, all those things led me to be assertive and I was just lucky enough to be very involved with sport and be very good at sport and competitive, to be, you know, team leader quite a lot of the time and just, you know, joining cadets. You know, it just, I, was, I wouldn't say I was lucky, you know, these, these are things I chose to do, but, you know, it comes with practice. So, um, I mean, we, I don't know, we, we can mentally rehearse what we're going to say in any situation, but it's much better um, when you do it out loud. Um, you know, just record it into your phone or something, play it back. Uh, but just to hear how you know different you sound or how you over explain it, and then trying again and again to become so automatic that you won't get it wrong, even if you're nervous. You know, um, I mean, it's a building, <coughs> excuse me, we're going back to self esteem really because it's where it's all stemming from, but to build a good, um, Self-esteem habit, it's really hard work, um, you know, I, I definitely know that and um, sometimes I think my self-esteem is amazing and other times I'm like, you know, what the hell, you know, what is self-esteem and why haven't I got it? But um, if you can, you know, polish your assertive skills, you will sound effective, you will achieve much more um, and you'll feel 100% better about yourself. So just practice, 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 practice and then practice more.